This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Today's scripture reading uh, is taken from uh, the book of John. Uh, we have a very familiar verse, but it's a very important one. So I will take, I'll read uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. So it's just one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this is God's word. I will now pass the time over to our brother Nick, who will share with us God's word. Good morning, friends. Uh, welcome if you are joining us uh, here in person or if you are joining us uh, at home from, on, over Zoom. And we are especially uh, happy and excited uh, that you are, if, if you are here with us uh, for the first time. Let me pray and ask God to help us as we try to understand His Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. Please impress on our hearts today how much you love us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our passage today is John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this verse is one of the most important verses for Christians. Now this is the main message. God loved the world. Or, God loves you. Now why do we need to know that God loves you? Because we need love, but we can't seem to find it. We need love. Love is basic to us. For babies, they are not held, not nuzzled, not hugged enough. They will grow poorly, and they could even die. And it's also for us uh, in our, on our social media. We want people to like our comments. We like people to like our pictures, our videos. There's this teacher who, who studies uh, Gen Z trends, and this is what he said. So he noticed 10 things about social media. So these are items two to four. Item two, I need affirmation of myself from others. I need other people to affirm me, my decisions, to acknowledge my achievements, to like me. Number three, what gets, or what gets likes is what's valuable. So the most valuable information, the most valuable opinions, the most important facts, all decided by the most number of likes or retweets or interactions. And certainly, the algorithm thinks so. Number four, I have to create drama to, rec- to receive love. So we all, we've all seen it, we love it, but plenty of us do it. You want to receive love on social media? Make what you write dramatic then the outpouring of likes, of hearts, will follow. We long to be loved, but love is hard to find. Some of us might have experience of being bullied at school. So in this article, 
A child was called dumb, trash, loser, but just because she's a slow learner. So we have this in schools. We also have this in some of our workplaces. I read this article on Today Online about a toxic workplace culture in Singapore. It starts, and this article starts with a story about this person's boss. Or receive, what, what messages this person, the boss said, sent. And this, these messages include phrases like human trash, your mother should have had an abortion, you deserve to die. That's not all. Time magazine reported that now in this COVID period, we actually have a COVID rudeness epidemic. This we are rude to everyone, especially those who serve us. So in this article, it talks also about how many people are rude to flight attendants. So I went to check out this, this statistic, this one million statistic, and it says, and just in this year alone, and this year hasn't ended, just in this year alone, the US government fines for unruly passengers exceeded one million US dollars. So we need love. John 3.16 says, God loves us. So we need love, God loves us. It's a good match, right? We should be happy. Well, no, that's not what happened. You see, our problem isn't, that, isn't just that we don't get the love we need. Our problem is that we don't love. We don't love. We cause this rudeness epidemic. Let me give you an example. Perhaps you texted someone in the morning and the person didn't reply your text. Oh dear, how rude. So this is bad mood cloud hanging over your head. And then when you take the bus, the bus driver tells you to cover your nose with your mask. And you scold the bus driver and say, focus on your driving. And at school, you're trying to study, a friend asks you for help. And you scold your friends for disturbing you. And at work, there's a little bit of trash in your waste paper bin. And you scold the cleaning lady for not clearing the trash for you. So the whole day is scold, scold, scold. And at the end of the day, reflect, what happened? Why, what, why, is, why is all this go, happening? And you, and you conclude, oh, must be that horrible person who didn't reply my text message. Now, why did this text spoil our day? Well, maybe because we don't love the other person. So we expect other people to love us, and we don't expect to love the other person to try to figure out what's going on on the other side. Because we don't love we scold the bus driver, we scold our friends, we scold the cleaning lady. So the bad thoughts begin to fester in our mind like an infected wound when other people don't show us love. But it's, but it's different for us showing other people love. We, it doesn't matter. We want other people to show us to love us, but we don't want to love other people. Now these, these are symptoms of something deeper. These are symptoms of sin. Now what is sin? Some people say, sin is like eating chocolate. So you love it, you have some, but it's okay, you, live, you just live to regret it. So a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. But still, it's fine, it's fine. Now, sin is something like this, but far, far worse. You see, sin might give you some short-term joy. Maybe, maybe some short-term joy, but the consequences are severe. Consequences are so bad, it makes that short-term joy meaningless, pointless. And why is that? That's because sin is the hard attitude that says, 
no to God, but yes to me. No to his ways, yes to my ways. It's always yes to me. When we, have, when, we always have, when we have to decide between God and us, between other people and us, we always choose us. The our sin denies love to other people, denies love to the God who made us. Because of sin, we don't love other people, we don't love God. But you might say, hey Nick, I don't love this God, but I don't hate him. That's okay, right? No, that's not okay. See, when the Nazis came into power uh, in Germany, some people loved the Nazis and supported them. On the other side, some people saw what the Nazis were doing and they hated the Nazis. They tried to stop the Nazis. But how about everyone in between? The rest of the people were indifferent. That's how Nazi Germany came into power. Now, a Holocaust survivor, Ellie Wiesel, said this. The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. So we don't love God. We are indifference to Him. Indifference is the opposite of loving God. Now, how is this so? Let me give you an example. Now it's the December holidays. For some of us, we have gone on staycations. Now, one of the best places to, have, to, to live in Singapore must be the Istana. The Istana takes up 75 football fields of land. Okay, so I, my house is about 92 square meters, a four-room flat. Pretty small. So, but for Istana, there's, there's big, big grounds, there's a swan lake, lovely animals, plants, and gardens cared for, the, cared for by the best in Singapore, the and parks. And security, protected by the best in Singapore. They're protected by the Singapore police. Now, let's say our president, our president likes me and our president invites me for a staycay. Okay, so I, I, I enjoy the grounds, I enjoy the buildings, but every time I see the president, I ignore her. She, she might like me, but no, I'm indifferent to her. I don't hate her, I just... Ignore, ignore her. If you say, hey Nick, come for dinner, I'll just uh, ignore her, look around, look at my lovely swan, and walk away. And what will you think of me? You might think that I'm unloving, that I'm rude. In the same way, God made you and I. And God let us live here in the world that he made. But you and I, we are indifferent to God. It's as if He doesn't matter to us. Like He doesn't, he doesn't get the chance to tell us how to live. We decide how to live. Now, this is serious because when we ignore God, we're not ignoring Him as our buddy-buddy. We're ignoring Him as God. Let me go one more step with the Istana analogy. Let's say I ignore our president as president. So I decide, I want to be president. So what will I do? I will tie her up, lock her in a room, throw the key away, and declare myself President Nicholas of Singapore. And what will you think of me? You think that I'm more than rude. You think that I'm a terrorist. That all the commandos in Singapore will have their sights trained on me. So Jordan, if you're listening, I'm joking, okay? Please give chance. 
So if this is true for our earthly ruler, then our indifference to God must be even worse, must be a mutiny against heaven. The consequences must be far worse. Let me read John 3.16 again. See what happens to those who are indifferent to God, to those who don't believe, continue to not believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish by eternal life. Those who don't believe shall perish. In Singapore, we have the death sentence hanging. Uh, we have this death sentence. And the death sentence is always reserved for the worst crimes, like drug trafficking or like murder. All very serious crimes. Now, John 3.16 says that if we don't believe, if we continue not believing, we have this death sentence hanging over us. Now, why, why is it so serious? That, that, why is it so serious? What have we done that's so, so bad? We are indifferent to God and His rule over us. We don't care about Him. We don't care about what He says. We want to be kings ourselves. We want to rule ourselves. We want to overthrow God's rule to be rulers ourselves. Our passage says that there is certain death to all who continue this way. Now this death isn't the physical death that we face here on earth. This death sentence is the one that we will face after we die. When we stand before the heavenly courtroom. In this heavenly courtroom before God, it doesn't matter how much good you have done. If you have been guilty of indifference to God, eternal death and destruction awaits. This fate is worse than living in a pandemic-stricken world. We need love, but we don't love others. We don't love God. And we have this eternal death sentence hanging over us. God knows all of this, but God loves us. In spite of all all we've done, in spite of our indifference, of our lack of love, God loves us and God gives us a way out. Yeah, as I read this passage again, listen up for how much God loves you. We'll see how, we'll see how much God loves you. Uh, how we, see, we look at God's costly love and we look at God's saving love. So first, God's costly love. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loves us so much that he caused his one and only son. His one and only son is Jesus Christ. Now, that's, that's the same Christ as Christmas. So Christmas, we celebrate Christmas because we celebrate Jesus' birth. This birth that shows us how much God loves us. Now, why is it that this is the thing that shows us God's love? Why is God giving his son an act of his love, his costly love? Let me explain with this example. Okay, so some of you might be too young to watch this, but there's this movie called I Not Stupid. This is by Jack Neal. So one of the famous lines in this, in this movie is a line where this boy will say, this is none of my business. So in the movie, his mom drills it into his head that he, that he must keep saying, this is none of my business, so that when he sees something wrong, he will not stand up for it. He will not stand up for what is right. Because it will cost him. So he must say, this is none of my business. So for example, if he saw someone being bullied, so he must say, this is none of my business. Because if he confronts the bully, the bully might bully him. 
And if he, if he bottles the bully to the teacher, the teacher must ask him to sit down, spend time to interview him, and find out what happened. But because of all that trouble, mother teaches him to say, this is none of my business. So that there will be no involvement, no cost. God saw our death sentence. God could have said, this is none of my business. God could have been indifference to us. But God loves you. And God became involved in our situation. This involvement cost him his son. And God gave his son because he loves you. God gave his son because he loves you that much. How is sending Jesus costly to God? Because Jesus always lived in a loving, perfect loving relationship with God for all time and for time and even for time before that, for eternity before that. Yet God sent Jesus to earth on the first Christmas to die for us, to take our death, death penalty, take our guilty sentence. Let me explain, uh, to, explain it to you in another way. Now this, this year's Children's Day, my family and I went to the zoo. So I brought, okay, what's this? Okay, I brought, I brought my, well, my, if you can see on Zoom, this is my vlogging equipment. So what I do is I attach my phone here, and there's this um, microphone bit here that I can attach the microphone, and to capture memories. So apparently, one time my family went to the zoo, this was without me, they went to the zoo, and there's this free range orangutans. So the, apparently they saw this free range orangutans climbing around and peeing on whoever was below. So I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to be prepared. So I wanted to bring my, my blogging equipment, my, that's my phone, and, one, and, and there's mo- funny monkeys up there or there are funny children right in front of me. I'll be ready to snap a picture or take a video. But that day I learned something. That day I learned it was difficult to carry your child in one hand, in one hand and carry your blogging equipment in the other. Because... Suddenly, I felt my child slipping off my hand. So in a split second, I had to choose. Do I drop the child to save my phone or drop my phone to save the child? I chose to drop the phone. Okay, let me show you the screen crack. Oh, the screen crack. Okay. I love my child and I gave my my phone up for, for him. Our phones are important to us, but God's one and only Son is much more important to Him than our phones to us. Yet God gave His Son for you, out of His love for you. This shows us how much God loves us. And God's love is further magnified by our indifference to Him. See, God God knows that we want Him out of our lives. We want nothing to do with Him. Yet, He loves us. You see, it's easy to love those who love us. It's easy to love our friends. It's easy to love those who love us. But it's difficult to love those who hate us. It's difficult to love our enemies. Yet, God loves you while you are still His enemy. God knows our indifference. God knows our death sentence. And God knew the best thing He could do for you was costly to Him. And yet, He did it to send Jesus on the first Christmas for you. So God's love for us cost him his son, 
And this love was a saving love. This love took, took away the guilty sentence from us so that we may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God shows his saving love for us when he sent Jesus to save us. God does not want you to perish. No, this verse says God wants you to have eternal life where you can live with God forever, live with the God who loves you forever. You see, the most important thing that we need to settle, the most important relationship that we must have is the one with God. He's not indifferent to you. God loves you. He shows that by giving you Jesus. And he's offering you a chance to live with him forever. Living with someone you love forever. One, one picture that the Bible uses to describe this relationship between us and God is marriage. Now on, uh, on earth, for all of us, marriages start well. Husband and wife love each other, they get married, they exchange vows. But at some point, conflict will arise. Maybe it's conflict within them, maybe one of them is selfish. Maybe conflict comes from outside, maybe from work of other family members. But that's our earthly relationships. With God, God take away our sin. So between us and God, nothing can tear us apart. And there can be nothing outside us and God that can can pull us apart and separate us from God. So you live with the God who made you forever. All this because of the first Christmas. Because God loves you. Because God sent Jesus on the first Christmas to save you. Therefore, Jesus satisfies our need for love. Jesus answers the question, does anyone love me? Jesus is our treasure to our search for love. Jesus is a solution to our love problem. Jesus is God's gift of love to you. We need love, yet we don't love people, we don't love God, but God loves us with a costly and a saving love. So is this gift for you? Yes, if you believe in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever, whoever means anyone, anyone can receive this gift of love. But what does it mean to believe in him? Now, believing has to do with Jesus dying on the cross to give eternal life. Believing has two parts. Accept the facts, give a thumbs up, and trust the facts. So first, accept the facts. So to accept the fact that Jesus really came and Jesus really died on the cross and that Jesus' death really gives eternal life. Now people today can accept that Jesus was a historical figure because there were non-Christian historians around the time of Jesus that wrote about Jesus, they wrote about his followers. Let me give you an example from a few decades after Jesus. Okay, so this, this man is Joseph, Flavius Josephus. But he wrote, Now there was about this time, Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth uh, with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. 
So the historian Josephus acknowledged that there was this man, Jesus. Jesus did wonderful works, or miracles, and Jesus was a teacher, and Jesus drew many people to him. Many people followed Jesus. So people today can accept that Jesus is a good moral teacher. He's a historical figure. But not everyone can accept that Jesus died to give eternal life. So what do we need to accept the fact that Jesus really died on the cross to give eternal life? We need more evidence. And we have the evidence. If you have your Bibles, we have the evidence right here. In, in the Bible, we have four testimonies about Jesus. So this is one of the testimonies is by this, by this man called Luke. So this is Luke's, tes- this Luke's testimony. It starts like this. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who are from the first, for eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. There were eyewitnesses to Jesus. Luke interviewed all these eyewitnesses, investigated all these eyewitnesses, all these accounts from the beginning, and he compiled it in this book so that you can be certain about Jesus. So investigate for yourself. Find, find the evidence for yourself. Read it for yourself. And the wrong thing to do is to say, I don't want to follow Jesus. Therefore, Jesus is fake. See, that's a problem, you see. Because that's just like saying, I don't want to follow the COVID rules. Therefore, COVID is fake. No, we should work the other way around. What you must do is to see whether Jesus is true and decide whether you want to follow him or not. So see for yourself if Jesus is true. Find out for yourself. Then decide whether you want to follow him. So how can you do that? Well, there are a few ways. So one way is that you can sign up for a course called Life Explore to explore the claims of Jesus for yourself. So there will be more information to sign up at the end of our time together. The other thing you can do is you can join us next year. We'll be investigating, the, investigating what Luke has to say about Jesus each week. And you will find that Christianity can stand up to scrutiny. And living for Jesus makes sense. So trust the facts. Belief in Jesus means trust, accept the facts, and trust the facts. So trust the facts means that Jesus died on the cross to give you eternal life. It means to, to accept that Jesus' death isn't just a historical event. It's to rely on it. To know that this death is effective for you now. Now why is that? So you notice that I, I have a picture of a needle. It's just like the vaccine for polio. Now the vac- polio is, is a disease that can lead to la- legs becoming deformed and damage lungs, damage intestines, and even damage your heart. And from what I read, there is no cure for polio. But there is a vaccine for polio. So if I believe in the vaccine, what does that mean? This means that I accept that this polio vaccine works. And then I trust the vac- polio vaccine. I take the polio vaccine myself to protect myself against polio. In the same way, believing in Jesus means that I accept that Jesus died on the cross 
and I trust Jesus dying on the cross for me to give me eternal life. And for some of us, believing can be instant. Maybe today is the first time you're hearing about Jesus and you want to believe. You want to rely on him. Yes, you can do that. But for some of us, we need some time to investigate before we trust, before we rely on Jesus, before we believe. And this passage says that whoever believes in Jesus, whether you believe now or you need time to believe, whether you're the worst criminal or you're the nicest person or you're everyone else in between, God's gift of love is for anyone, anyone who believes in Jesus. No one is excluded from being too naughty. No one is exempted from being too nice. Anyone who believes can benefit. doesn't matter who you are, what you've done wrong, or even what you've done right. So what have you heard today? We all need love, but we are indifferent to others, we are indifferent to God. Yet God loves us and sent Jesus on the first Christmas to save us. And the way to receive God's gift of love, God's Christmas gift of love, is to believe in Jesus to save you. I read about this man called Steve. Now Steve he knew the Bible, but he did not want to believe in Jesus. His job, he was a salesman. He was a very successful salesman. So he worked his way up and became a general manager. And he was also very successful with his, with his enjoyment. He, had, he was in multiple dating relationships. He was partying all the time. To, to, to the world outside, he was successful. But he felt empty. He felt hopeless. So one day, he's, he went to meet a pastor to argue with him about the Bible. Now, this debate went nowhere because both sides knew the Bible and they refused to budge. And exasperated, the pastor said, Steve, don't you know that God loves you? For all that Steve knew about the Bible, he never realized he never realized, never clicked for him that God loved him unconditionally. Until that day. Until that moment. So he listened to God's unconditional love. And he trusted in Jesus. Friends, this question is also for you. Don't you know that God loves you? Will you believe? Or will you be indifferent? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gift of love through Jesus. Please impress on our hearts how much you love us and may we respond in the way that you desire. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, uh, Brother Nick, for challenging us of our indifferent attitude towards God and also our lack of love uh, for Him as well as for our fellow uh, friends. And also despite of our rebellion against God's rule, uh, He still loves us unconditionally. He reached out to us by sending us Jesus, His Son, on the first Christmas. Right, so right now, friends, uh, we will have uh, about five to seven minutes of uh, reflection time and as well as the Zoom breakout session, um, whereby um, 
you will briefly uh, catch up with one another as well as to discuss the two questions that uh, is being flashed on the screen. Okay, so the two questions are, what questions do you have about God and His love? What can you do to find the answers to those questions that you have? So on a scale of uh, 0 to 10, indifferent to love, not hate, indifferent to love, how would you rate your relationship with God? So technical team, we'll send uh, the people on the Zoom to their rooms. Whereas uh, people here in uh, GBHQ, uh, please share among your rows of five or two and, uh, don't, and don't try to mingle around because of the restrictions. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.